Welcome to Householders, a conversation about American life as Zen practice. I'm Inga Annie Wade. And I'm Kyosaku John Mitchell, and we're lay members of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center. So the other day, we went to, my husband and I went to an architectural award. You know, he's an architect, mm-hmm. and his firm won an award this year. Cool. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And uh, there was, it was kind of a fanciest-ish event, and there was alcohol. And, um, you know, Ian drank like half a beer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the next day he's like, you know, I just don't feel very good. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, kind of nauseous and stuff. Not just don't feel good. And I'm, and he's like, I didn't used to feel this way about alcohol. And I'm like, well, you know, you could be like, have alcoholic sensitivity or something like that. Uh, but on the other hand, I think that you know Ian has become so much more. Uh, self-aware and so much more in tune with his emotions and the way that he feels. And I do contribute a lot of that to meditation. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's it, it's sort of like, I told him it's kind of like a double-edged sword, you know? It's, it's cool that when you start meditating, you start realizing the small things that can accumulate to really make you feel emotionally and physically bad. Um, And that can really help you avoid certain things and it can help you go about your day in such a way that's going to make it, uh, you feel the best and, um, you know, not be able to not cloud your mind in certain ways. But the other side is that you can't really enjoy the things that physically or mentally hurt you anymore. Hmm. Uh, it's just like before you can kind of just pretend like it doesn't happen because maybe you're not aware that it's happening and therefore you don't see the correlation. Uh, but it it just makes those things now less enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, that's fine because that just means I'm going to feel better if I do, you know. Uh-huh. Uh but I I wonder if if you've ever if you've experienced that kind of thing too where it's sort of um by meditating you're making yourself almost more sensitive to something but in a way for you to truly understand how things affect you on an emotional and physical level. Absolutely. I mean, I the, there are sort of physical and psychological versions of that right i mean with with drinking in particular is actually a pretty interesting subject for me uh as far as that goes like you know the sort of consequences and you know and 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 another effect that a lot of practices had on me as far as drinking goes is sort of wondering whether it's really as fun as i thought like even if at the time you know um but when it comes to like real body based stuff like that I, I find that, uh, there was a period of time I feel like where I was just sort of where, where sensitivity was just increasing so rapidly and all over the place that I did start to sort of question behaviors and habits and probably cut some unhealthy ones and, you know, maybe lost some things that I used to enjoy, but didn't enjoy them anymore. So it was okay. But, but at this point, and maybe this is just a function of time, 
I, I've started to feel like that kind of thing kind of waxes and wanes anyway, or really maybe it's just that like my body is changing over time uh, to a point that I notice now. True too. That's very true. Your metabolism slows down and yeah. you might not be able to process alcohol and stuff as quickly as you used to. Right. And that might just be all there is to it. But of course, noticing uh, how bad that feels is something I'm practicing with all the time. So, you know, it's but but the but what I've found is even just over the last, you know, year or two is is that their their drinking, for example, goes in phases for me anyway. It's also the same with is true of drinking coffee too, you know. It's it's mm-hmm. it's Absolutely. um, you know, sometimes the body knows that I need <clears throat> or want or should uh, enjoy uh, one one or the other of those things, and sometimes it doesn't. And and I absolutely attribute kind of the ability to tell wh- whether that's happening to practice. Uh, but it, but there's there's something kind of more basic underlying it too, more biologically rooted. Um, by which I mean sort of not conscious um, about it too. I think, but the, the, the stuff that's been the most challenging for me as far as like years of, of meditation practice, increasing my sensitivity to things is actually the mental and psychological afflictions, you know, like Mm -hmm. the habits and patterns and behaviors, like all the conditions, all the conditioning that we talk about in Buddhist play, particularly like in sort of psychologically flavored Western Buddhist places as the stuff that we're working to free ourselves from, you know, the, there's, there's a, something kind of natural to it if you think about it, but, but the, the first step in sort of releasing, uh, bad habits and conditioning and pattern behavior is noticing how frequently, how constantly they pop up. Mm-hmm. And and that can sort of feel like it's getting worse uh, before it gets better. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And may- maybe drinking counts as one of those things. I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. And and I think I, I know what you're talking about, What which has surprised me more recently because I'm such a, a film buff. And for the longest time, I kind of just made myself uh, watch things that were uncomfortable. Mm. Or that that kind of affected me on an emotional level and I kind of just sucked it up. I think in the beginning it was like some movies when I was younger I would watch because like my my brother liked or something like that. And I just thought that it would make me cooler if I could uh-huh. do that too. Um, and, and actually so funny enough like... I think, you know, I, I think for, for boys, it's like, oh, exploitation films are pretty cool or something, which mm. I just don't like nowadays. I just, mm. I think they're kind of dumb, but also, I mean, I guess they can be fun for some people. So I'm not hating on them or anything. Uh, but I do seem to think that um, nowadays I will s- stray away from certain things that I know are going to affect me on an emotional level because, um, I don't think that it's productive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I do like things. Obviously, movies have that wonderful ability to affect you on an emotional level. And I don't think, even if it, it's so-called a, a negative emotion, it's not always bad. Like, for instance, I like to feel melancholic. That mm-hmm. doesn't... Mm-hmm. Feeling melancholic doesn't um, affect my day. It doesn't make 
me sad in the same way. Uh, but there's certain things I can watch on TV, and that could be like torture, uh, rape scenes, um, just generally like a lot of chaotic like stimulation uh, where people are yelling at each other and um, just very agitated things um, and self-harm. Those things I, I just can't watch. Mm -hmm. I will look away, and I never used to do that before. Interesting. Uh, but I just I know now how that affects me. And again, I think everybody's different. We've talked about this w before with horror films. Right. I can watch horror films, and especially if it's a certain type, it's not going to affect me. It's not going to affect me the same way. But I, you have to know, I think, what kinds of things are going to affect you. When you say affect you, are you talking about something that happens while you're watching? I mean, probably maybe both, but are you talking about something that happens while you're watching or something that happens that sticks with you after you watch that it? sticks with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, definitely yeah. I mean, I think too. something temporary, whatever, just there and, and gone, but like something that's going to affect you. And this can go for anything because we've talked about this on many different levels throughout the podcast. We've talked about social media. We've talked mm -hmm. about uh, news news articles yeah you know uh things we hear on the radio uh there's a lot of messages every day and i think that we like have the responsibility of figuring out which one of those stay with us on uh, and hurt us in some ways or affect our moods or you know cloud our judgment and which ones don't because they don't all yeah. do that so or they they don't all do it in the same way and i think that that my sensitivity to those things, I don't know if they increase, but I certainly recognize it a lot more. The, there's there's another angle on it that I'm not sure if we have talked about. Have we talked about fiction reading, like novels before, and how practice affects them? I can't remember no. if we have. The, no. the, the, it's, it's something that's come up a couple of times, I've realized a couple of times in the past year or two. The first time I realized it was sort of at the beginning of my integration into the formal sangha, which involved a lot of reading of our lineage and of, you know, sort of the Soto Zen and earlier Chan teachers and texts, uh, you know, just wanting to really re-familiarize myself with the, not just the practice, but like sort of the language of, of how we talk about our practice. And I realized I was reading it all the time. Like every time I went to go read something, I was picking up Zen books and hadn't read a novel in like a year. And I considered that and I, and I thought, uh, like maybe there's something wrong here. Maybe I'm missing something out, mixing, missing out on some, on an experience that I used to love out of life. Uh, and I just sort of sat with that. I didn't make a decision. And, uh, eventually what ended up happening was I stopped reading Zen books too. I stopped reading books at all. And I, I, uh, had a sort of intellectual reason why that was okay. That like, you know, this is a special transmission beyond the scriptures, not relying on words and letters. Right. So, you know, if I'm really doing the practice, I shouldn't need to be reading any Zen stuff, but I wasn't filling that time up with reading fiction either. I just wasn't reading books anymore. And I started to observe whether something had changed in my inner experience. And what I realized was that I was sometimes trying to start reading stuff, both fiction and nonfiction, um, nonfiction, Zen stuff and non Zen stuff. Uh, 
I was I would I would sit down every once in a while and be like, this looks interesting. I'm going to read this. And I wouldn't be able to get into it. And and I examined that experience a little bit. And I'm not drawing any permanent or fixed conclusions about what's happening. But it feels like what's happening is I uh, like to to decide to commit to reading a book would be like an aesthetic choice to fill my world with the stuff that's in this text and it would crowd out the stuff that was that's happening in like right around me in my own experience that's coming directly and not being mediated by lang- written language and it is a very high bar first of all for like writers to meet to create an experience as vivid as reality or more and even though I know it's possible, it's just so rarely happening. And there's so much more teaching coming out of sort of paying attention to what's really there for me that, that, that I'm choosing that over reading almost all the time now. And I'm kind of sad about it, but I'm okay with it, you know? Okay, so that's like super weird. I mean, I feel like I've had a, a similar experience with reading too. Hmm. I I have books open, but I don't tend to read them a lot. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it is hard for me to get into to fiction books. Like I like the idea of them. Yeah. Like oh, well, you get 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 lost in some characters and some stories, but it so rarely happens for me. Like yeah. so, I so rarely get into them that I I um I don't get immersed in that same way. Um, and. I, I do kind of I have at least attributed a lot of that to being going to school for so long, uh, you know, after getting my associates, my bachelor's and my master's like, yeah. you know, you end up reading so many books that I'm just like, you know, and that was recently when I graduated. I'm, I'm sort of at the point where I'm like, I kind of just want to give books a break, <laughs> uh-huh. but I, I, I don't I, and I do feel bad to some degree. Like I'm like, well, reading's good for you. It it uh strengthens your brain in some capacity. So we are so we are constantly indoctrinated into believing. Yes. Yeah, and I'm like, it prevents Alzheimer's or, or uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, not. I mean, who knows though? Like, is it is it that much better than what I do at work? Like writing and conversating and, um, you know, reading and all that stuff like is the is the additional reading of of me and my leisure time going to like somehow uh make my brain that much more developed or something like Mm. i don't know (laughs) um and i don't want to give reading a bad rap or anything i i and i feel weird to say that i'm just not interested in it as much anymore um, but yeah, that has also happened so interesting yeah i mean i've i've actually talked to a lot of what what would I call them? P- uh, people committed practitioners of various spiritual disciplines who have noticed this in themselves. And of course, there's a selection bias because I'm talking to them, uh, you know, like they're people I met online, basically. <laughs> and so like okay. there, yeah. there's 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 uh, an obvious thing affecting all of us, which is that we're using the Internet and that and people, you know, st- concerned people from the previous you know uh era of information and communication have have long been saying that 
the internet is ruining our ability to sit and read and concentrate. But like, that's not true. Like I can concentrate on things. Oh, perfectly I'm a fine. very concentrated person. Yeah. Like, I, I've never I've never thought for one second that I had ADD. <laughs> we sit and stare at the literally at the wall, not doing anything all the time. Like it would be impossible to make the argument that we have trouble concentrating. And but but the the it's it's just it's about what you're concentrating on. And like I would so much rather concentrate on my own consciousness than on some sort of frozen thing. And I'm just saying that for right now, I'm not making any kind of proclamation. And I certainly yeah, hope yeah. that I get to read all these books <laughs> that are piled up in my house someday. There, there's but, there's stuff that I'm interested in. There's subjects that I want to learn more about. Yeah. I, I'm not I guess I'm not really into reading a lot of fiction i've been trying i've I've started a lot of books um mm -hmm. but it, i think i think that as far as like delving into a world uh i i feel like um t watching tv shows and movies and painting like explore that already for me mm -hmm. and i don't need also a book to to escape into as well yes you know so i'd already have that covered kind of thing but i am i am deeply uh interested in in religious theory um and learning more about all sorts of of things you know even you know more about the christian bible more about uh buddhism and all all sorts of stuff but at the moment like just because maybe because of school and just getting burnt out like I don't have the capacity for that and and what I have been exploring more is is just uh writing mm -hmm. I guess just mm -hmm. journaling not yeah. not really anything specific just uh writing my thoughts down and they're not as negative as they used to be so uh, I think that's important when that's you're journaling not great to information write down a lot of negative stuff at least for me because that used to be kind of a problem I had uh -huh. a whole book of just like all my negative thoughts. <laughs> wow. Was it cathartic to put them in there? Was that like a way of sort of not carrying them around with you? No. Mm. I think I carried them more after yeah, I wrote yeah, them yeah. down. For and sure. then when I saw that book later, like years later, it all came back and like I had to re-let it go after, mm. uh, after like so many years of that not being the case anymore. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah, I used to journal a lot too, and I stopped doing that as well. And it's 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 uh, kind of how I learned to write. Although, I mean, I know what happened there. Like, I still write constantly. Like, writing is what I do for a living. I created a life for myself as a writer by journaling first to sort of learn what my voice sounds like. But I then eventually discovered that you can communicate with people in writing and they'll like write back to you or tell you what they thought of it or something. And that became so much more fulfilling than just sort of writing about my own experience for my own consumption. And uh, it ended up being the case that I actually got felt like I expressed myself more in communication and sort of you know, the required step of like imagining yourself as the reader reading the thing that you're writing. Like I learned so much more about that than I, than I did just sort of monologuing. The, and I, I, I stopped and, and I, I have changed. I mean, I guess what I, I mean, I didn't stop. I just changed what I write about. And that is really connected to me to this process of um, engaging more with the world I'm in than with a sort of escape world in a text 
Um, and, and, and even though you're saying like, you might be writing and journaling more now, like that still feels like the same kind of move that you're talking about. Like you're going from reading to writing. It's like to turning it around and making it into your lived experience rather than some frozen stored thing. Yeah, I, I think, I think so. And, and a lot of it is, is sort of about like working out some of the emotions that I feel because I think uh, working full-time you don't have as much time to work that out yeah, so I sure. think journaling can can sort of support like a therapeutic practice of being like so I'm feeling emotions Let, let's just uh sit there and, and be with them and, and see uh where that where that's going yeah the the thing you said about escape I mean I think we have talked about this before but I think I still really relate to that that like kind of having it covered by watching things is uh is is how I feel too when it when I come when I think about like novels as a way I used to sort of choose a world to go into. Yeah. And I um I think this is what I said last time we talked about TV and movies, but since it's a full body giving over of the experience, instead of like there's just like a little bit more work involved in reading a book that feels that sort of defeats the purpose of that particular way of experiencing it. You know what I mean? And so it does, it just does the job better to be able to like relax in the dark. Uh, right. I mean, and I, I'm also super surprised that, that you, you do that feel that way currently anyway, mm. just because I always thought of you as sort of like a bookworm. That's probably just like, just, just, just going through books, like constantly really quickly. Well, I did do that. Uh, for a long time. I mean, the first sort of shock to the system was my kids being born and like not having the energy uh, and then not having the time. Um, I did actually read a ton of books. I consumed a lot of children's books, though. Well, yeah, then that happened. The, I mean, I, I, I did in, in the first few months uh, of our first kid's life, I did read a ton because, you know, you get you get like 30 minute windows to yourself and like sleep is, you know, what, what, what for the first for the first couple of weeks it's like you got to sleep in that time but then you know it, it sort of shifts to like i can't do anything else with this time anyway um but as soon as she was like big enough to move around and want to do stuff i basically lost 90 percent of the time i had to read stuff uh and i did i always plan on getting that back but it's just like now we're like three years in and it just hasn't hasn't been hasn't happened um I, but like it, i i did read a fair amount in the last, in like last year when I was just getting into the Zen, uh, like lineage in a formal way. But I, I don't think, I think of this as a phase that I'm in now. Like I know I fully expect for it to come back. It's, it's just not, it's just not the thing that is, uh, what my practice calls for right now. And I, I was, this is something that I was saying at the beginning when we were talking about alcohol and the body and, and like, if, you know, the other factors of like stuff we used to do that felt good at the time that doesn't feel good anymore. Like I think of that as the same exact relationship. It's like, it's, it's some things you grow out of and some things, you know, and, and I mean that literally like your body changes and you just don't do it anymore or your mind or your life circumstances change. It's all kind of the same thing, but other things are just not what you need right now. And, uh, you know, right. You know, let's use coffee as example. Cause like alcohol is fraught with other problems, but like right now I need to be drinking coffee every morning, like clockwork in order to get everything done. And it has 
side effects that I don't love and like it makes me feel ways that I don't really want to feel, but all in all, it's the right choice. And like my body knows that. Um, and then sometimes it starts to be too much and my body knows that too. And that's what lets me know. And I feel like in my like early twenties, I did not, I either did not know about those sign warning signs at all, or I just couldn't feel them or like I wasn't sensitive enough to them and I would go a lot harder and I would crash and mm-hmm. now I prevent that from happening. And like with this particular thing, I mean, like, like let's leave alcohol out of it because of how much other stuff alcohol does to your body. With this particular thing with like caffeine and being really cranked in the mornings and like doing tons of work, like it's not that I'm not physically capable of doing that anymore. Like I'm not, I'm not like hitting some kind of wall in terms of my performance as a human being, like at 34, it's that. I'm noticing more about the trade-offs and deciding that they're not worth it from time to time or that they are worth it from time to time. And that has to be attributable to awareness in a full spectrum embodied sense, which is of course what practice consists of. So I'm not, I'm not like gonna go like full causality and say like meditation caused me to be this way, but like I am working constantly in Zen practice at getting better at that. And I am. Yeah, for sure. And, um, I, I think that for me, like managing my symptoms has a lot to do with that too. Like I, I, I can't like drink a, <laughs> coffee for one uh-huh. i do every once in a while but it just it, it hurts my stomach like i'm yeah. I'm dealing with like all these things that kind of uh, aggravate my gastritis and sort of aggravate other symptoms and stuff and so mm. not only am i am i dealing with like what's going into my body what am i consuming uh what am i consuming on an emotional level uh but also how that interacts with some of the other things that I don't really have as much control over in my body and how much, you know, those things kind of interact with each other. And it's a lot, it's a, it's a whole lot to manage, but I, but I really do think that taking that time to, to sit down, um, and to just, just breathe, like helps it not even just feel so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. There's there's part of me that feels a little bit of resistance to the um, relationship to meditation as a ma- as a way of managing, you know. But like, it is, and it's it it it's a it's. I, I think this is, has to do with why I think most Zen teachers and ours, in, certainly included, like the word training to refer to intensive practice. Um. You know, we use practice because it has other useful meanings, but practice that one of the sense of senses of the word practice is training and training is a word more associated. I feel like with like endurance exercise, like physical work and the thing you're training to do is get stronger, like be like perform more at the thing that you're training at. But also to be able to, I mean, this is inextricable from that, but to be able to handle the challenges of the work uh, without collapsing and being alive itself 
can be such a challenge and you do have to train at it if you want to overcome its challenges. So that's why I feel like the word training is appropriate to Zazen. And, you know, in a case like yours where there's like real pressing physical challenges to overcome all the time, like that's, that's real. But like for anyone dealing with the kinds of things that come up after a little while in meditation practice, you realize the habits and patterns and behaviors that are ingrained in you. And that can become excruciating. And the first thing that you have to do in order to address them is to allow them to be there. And you can't just feel the excruciating pain and just like put it down and walk away. Like that's not how you undo that kind of conditioning. In some ways it's like made me more selfish it's it's weird to say that, but yeah, I in some ways, you know, knowing how much I have to manage and how many things like affect me every day, and having that awareness, that that ability to detect all that, I will put my foot down a lot with a lot less effort. I will I will stand up for like my needs a lot more than I ever have. And I, I hear myself saying a lot like, well, I can't compromise on this because this is my sleep or I can't compromise on this because this is what I need to do to to feel healthy, to feel good and to to be able to do the things that I do regularly as a disabled person and just as a person, because being a person is hard, too. <laughs> Householders is a production of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Silent Thunder Order. Find us on the web at ASZC.org. Our Sangha depends on your support. You can donate by PayPal to donate at storder.org. Gashaw.